Mac. That's hilarious. Okay. My Mac. I, I do that in class now, Jeff. I don't know if you do, but like <laughs> we're talking about maps today, and I just couldn't help but go maps, Mac. Oh uh, man, I was I was I was in the store the other day. No lie, I was in the store. I can't remember what it was, something at Starbucks I was ordering, and I said it like almost like half to myself, just like, what am I doing? What's my life coming to? <laughs> That's so funny. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror suspense classic, Predator One Minute at a Time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And joining us today, we have Eric Deutsch from Flash Gordon Minute. Flash! Ah! Uh, hello, thanks for having me on, guys. The completed Flash Gordon Minute and the soon-to-be starting Escape from New York Minute. Yes. Mm. We're, we're looking forward to hearing that and uh, contributing in any way we can. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we can find time to <laughs> squeeze you into the 69th Street Bridge or something there. Uh, no worries. No nice. worries. We, 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 as we're recording tonight, we've, we've recorded our pilot episode. Uh, by the time <gasps> this episode airs, we probably won't have posted yet. But soon after this episode airs, uh, our episodes will start posting. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I love John Carpenter movies and Save from New York is is probably my favorite after the thing. It's a masterpiece. Um, is it your favorite? Is that why you guys chose to do that movie next? Uh it is my favorite John Carpenter movie. Mm. Um I mean I'm I wouldn't call myself a huge John Carpenter fan per se. I do like a lot of movies. I really like They Live. Uh, I really like yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. I like mm-hmm. the thing also. Uh but Escape from New York specifically just uh I've been. I, I saw this movie when I was a kid. Like I don't know, when I was too young, like seven, eight years old. I watched. This. <laughs> yes, I, I loved it even back then. So it's just always been one of those movies that has staying power for me. Yeah, that's similar story to Predator and for me RoboCop. I saw Predator and RoboCop pretty <laughs> close together when I was way too young to see. Yeah, it. especially RoboCop. Dear God, um, <laughs> that movie's so violent. Yeah, um, but yeah. It, those those movies are that you see young are, are transformative and, and important in your movie loving life for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's in that John Carpenter Kurt Russell sweet spot. Oh, right, so yeah. This was the movie that kind of sort of really put, you know, really shoved Kurt Russell. You know, uh, started making him into Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. Well, we look forward to that. But before talking <laughs> uh, Escape from New York any further, we're going to be talking about Minute 30 of Predator. Minute 30 opens with Dylan. Dylan! Dylan! Entering Dylan! Sven's Palapa and ends with Dutch telling Dylan, Dylan! what happened. And it cuts off right there. We'll have to find out what he is finishing to say next minute. But mm. Jeff, if you want to open us up with uh, kind of uh, what's going on here in the beginning of the minute. Yeah, <laughs> so we get uh, Dylan... Dylan, Dylan. Uh, running into the palapa and uh, I really like how he turns the corner right here, runs in and immediately throws the paper around <laughs> that we were talking about last minute <laughs> that we were uh, hypothesizing was perhaps the first chapter of uh, the gorilla's uh, great American novel, um, <laughs> which we learn in this minute is not true at all. He's it, we, we're going to find out uh, that these papers are giving him some specific information here. But he rummages through, throws the paper around, and then we get this great grimace and a thousand-yard stare from uh, Dutch over mm-hmm. from the corner there. Yeah, so just even before any kind of action happens here in this minute, 
right? We're, have, we're having our eyes on Dylan, Dylan just coming across apparently what he's been doing this whole mission for, why he brought the team along, why he convinced Arnold to bring uh, the rescue team along. We're, we're finding maybe, okay, is this really about a rescue, Dylan, Dylan. or is this about something else? We get a little dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep, he he. It's as he's coming in the door. He doesn't even necessarily see anything yet from the timing. It's just you just hear Dylan kind of as he's walking in saying, "This goddamn beautiful, goddamn jackpot. <laughs> this is more than we ever thought we'd get. We got those bastards. We got him. He, he's he's talking to himself. He's not talking to anybody else. Yeah, he's just you can tell how excited he is when he's talking to himself. Dutch is no. I was to say Dutch is. Ooh, you can just feel the anger coming off of him with that yeah. stare. Yeah, he, he has some idle anger here because, because in my opinion, his job's done. They've done what Dylan asked them to do so far. So he he's he has some. I called it idle, mean mugging. He just kind of <laughs> staring out the corner of his eye at Dylan, just trying to make heads from tails. Like, what is going on here? What do we think? How much do we think uh, Dylan really knew ahead of time? Did he know what he was going to find in this? Palapa, or uh, he hmm. seems a little surprised. What do you guys think? I mean, I don't know, because the thing is, he looks at the papers, and, and he seems to imply that the papers are very important, right. but he, he I mean, he, he tosses them. Like you said, he, he doesn't even look at them. He hasn't had time. To he picks them up, and he chucks them all, you know, to the side. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, and he's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is what we need to find. It's like, well, you didn't even look at the papers. <laughs> right, and then, yeah. you know, I know you were saying that he's not talking to anyone. He's talking to himself about, oh, we got the bastards. We got them. But is he not aware that Dutch is in there, though? I I, I, I took that that he was it's saying that to keep up the illusion to try to convince Dutch, you know, that this, oh, this is perfect. This is what we found. And, you know, mm. sort of whispering mm. to himself with the hopes that it would keep selling the lie to Dutch. Interesting. That's so what, what's point. he really there for, do you think? I, honestly, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I mean... It's always this, this. This is one part of the movie. No matter how many times I've seen it over the years, that has always slightly confused me of exactly what Dylan's Dylan real agenda was in getting them there. It just it was always a bit confusing to me that there's there's the chopper that goes down, there's Hopper's men, and then he brings them in, and then you know I, I know he starts to kind of explain it a bit uh, later on in this minute, which we haven't gotten to that part of the minute yet, but it's still, it's always been a little muddy to me. No, I'm glad you say that, Eric, because I've, I've watched this movie many, many times in a row and we've been analyzing it minute by minute. And Mm -hmm. if, I don't know if I could still explain (laughs) what Dylan's motivations are. I mean, we get, we learn in this minute and the next minute, uh, quite a few details. So some of it is cleared up, but, um, there's a lot of backstory to this that is never explained. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm. What my takeaway from this is that they just killed however many eighty something, like eighty one <laughs> bad guys, and I think that was probably the whole mission. It was just we just need to wipe these guys out before they bring these uh, AK forty sevens, rocket launchers, grenades, whatever else across the border from I'm going to call this Valverde uh, right. to uh, the next country. Um, yeah, because we'll talk about their conversation here in a moment, but we learn that. Uh, all these guerrillas were holding weapons, holding information, and uh, were essentially going to be a, a starting off point for some sort of invasion or insurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like there's there's Russian ties, of course, because it's the 80s. Yeah, there's yeah, we're just yeah, I, I have to conclude that you and Eric are saying we're just not 
given enough information in this movie to draw a strong conclusion about what exactly the mission in Dylan's mind is. So uh, after we get uh, Dutch's mean, mean mug, mm-hmm. he, he, he comes provides, over. He lends a hand. He lent. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he does lend a hand. And I like in your notes, you, you talk about, it was kind of a, a, a so what did you call it? A, a sucker uh, choking. Yeah. Like a <laughs> sucker. sucker slam. It's not even, it's not a sucker punch. It's like a sucker slam. Yeah. Sucker shove. Yeah. Sucker shove. <laughs> yeah. And he comes over and bends down and, and uh, wait, he says something to him. He says, uh, I think this is what you're looking for. Yeah, it's just really casually, right? Yeah, and and Dylan is so out of it that he's not he's not thinking. Oh, like Dutch is buying into this, or maybe Dylan, like you're saying, Eric is trying to sell the line so much that he's like, okay, Dutch is buying into it. Dutch is cool. Just play cool. (laughs) Then (laughs) he is lifted off the floor and into a wall by Dutch. Just I think this is what you're looking for. You yelling right in his face and this is this is some good stuff as we move on to the uh, next section yeah and so this is when we get their long conversation and this conversation takes up most of the minute correct yeah this conversation takes up the last what 40 seconds 41 seconds of the minute so we're definitely going to give it it's due do you guys want to do dramatic reading Ooh, dramatic line (laughs) reading doing this yeah Yeah. eric you want it you want to be on in on this sure hold on let me let me call up the script here (laughs) <laughs> all right. I just did all color coding because the shooting script, there are some things here and there that are different. Yeah, I know. I, the, I, I noticed that. Yeah. Then there's original script, which is a total different story about so much being changed. But um, John, do you want to be uh, in on this or? Uh, no, no. How like... about how about you guys? You guys take it. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, Eric, do you want to be Dutch or do you want to be Dylan? Oh, I got to be Dutch. If I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 I like the, it. The specific phrase, it's all bullshit, is what I asked uh, John to be on for yes. this. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you have to be Dutch. Okay, I'll do my best Dylan if I Dylan. can. Dylan! Dylan! All right, here we go. <clears throat> you set us up. It's all bullshit. All of it. The cabinet minister, the whole business. You got us in here to do your dirty work. Look, we just stopped a major invasion. In three days, there would have been across the border with this stuff. Why us? Because nobody else could have pulled this off. You're pissed about the cover story. I knew I couldn't get you in here without it. So what story did you tell Hopper? Look, we've been looking for this place for months. My men were in that chopper when it got hit. Hopper's orders was to go in and get my men, and he disappeared. He didn't disappear. He was stood alive. And my orders were to get somebody in who could crack these bastards. Crack! Crack! So you cooked up a story and dropped the six of us to the meat grinder. What happened? End of minute. And see, wow, that was beautiful. Eric, Eric. well done. I so rarely get to do my Arnold for anyone other than my wife, so. (laughs) (laughs) My wife. Oh, my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Your it's all bullshit was uh, spot on. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's there's some stuff to talk about here. Now, before we really break down the, the conversation, I noticed, John, you had some stuff about the field manual. Did you want to talk about that first or save that for later? Uh, I'll save this for next minute because that way it'll kind of put a cap on their conversation. So let's let's Got move it. on. So we find out, and we'll just kind of go through the conversation here. So we find out that Dutch has realized that he was set up bullshit and there really was no cabinet minister. They were really brought in just to take out this guerrilla camp. 
Right. I, and I suspect that a Dutch suspected that the whole time. He's sure. been given looks since the very beginning when they're setting up the mission in the original Palapa, the OG Palapa with the general. Mm-hmm. Um, just he, he's given all sorts of looks and these kind of like innocent queries as he's smoking a cigar. Like, so what we've got to do, like in the very beginning. And then when they fall, when they come across the fallen chopper, he's giving Dylan this look and like, does this mean anything to you? And Dylan's obviously covering his tracks and making up something about oh yeah rebels probably another rebel patrol in the area they're they're in there all the time you know with their u.s army boots and, <laughs> uh, and, yeah i think dutch is yeah dutch has just had enough of like yeah you've been lying and lying and lying and i've just had enough i'm gonna throw you against the wall and we're gonna finally talk about this man to man his his uh anger and frustration really unloads in this scene mm-hmm. um and and with uh dylan Dylan. 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 I, I have to mention, he is so shiny mm. in this scene. Oh, just glistening. Um, I, it's either really hot or he uh, he's really nervous and sweating. Uh, but man, he just almost reflects the, the, his surroundings off of his face. He is just glistening. Well, also, the Whoa. thing is, I mean, Arnold picks him up and shoves him with one arm. I mean, he does he does this move with one hand just to, yes. that, you know, show the severe testosterone filled manliness of Arnold here. And then yeah. they zoom in there. And as he's yelling at him, Carl Weathers does this great thing. He looks down at Arnold's hand, squeezing his shirt. It's mm-hmm. almost like Dylan is in disbelief that Dutch did this to him with just one arm. Right. Yeah. He's holding an MP5. He's holding a submachine gun the whole time, too. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna <laughs> pick up this arm trained man and slam against the wall. But yeah, I think I think he's slamming against, you know, it's probably something soft that he's slamming up against, but still, like that is Carl Weathers, the actor, being yeah. slammed right there. There's yeah. no cutaway, there's no stunt work here. It's yeah, Arnold straight up. Man, Moving we also man. get a really nice close-up of one of the great '80s action movie mustaches. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Yes, it's like it's glued on his face. <laughs> it is good. He has, he has, he has it all going on. He has the look. He has the, the yelling. I'm, he has the 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 calm yelling right here. But he's letting go. Dylan's letting go of his emotions too. Not just Dutch. I mean. Dylan is, I think, taking it personally that you know, his men were in the chopper that was blown up by the guerrillas. My men were in that chopper when it got hit. Um, whoever you believe, right? If, yeah. if Whether that was on purpose, him sending the, the uh, CIA people to look out. Uh, I am kind of personally of the opinion that he sent the CIA people to spy just honestly in hopes of being shot down so they have an excuse to go after them. Hmm. So Hmm. if he's going to talk about people being expendable assets, I don't think there's really an end to who he's doing that to. But at the same time, he might have known those people. He might have taken it personally that, you know, he says, my men were in that chopper when it got hit. I just love his emotion there. My men were in that chopper when it got hit. Well, and you mentioned that um, you you listened to some more uh, John McTiernan a commentary that mm-hmm. this was one of the main scenes that McTiernan had in mind when he brought Carl Weathers onto the project. Correct. Yeah. He says that uh, this scene was why Carl was brought on that Arnold never really had a face to face intense scene like this in a movie. And that Carl was able to really elevate Arnold's acting. You can see that here when they're yelling at each other and each other's faces, that's what's going on. That's our focus uh, as a viewer and 
I don't feel like we're taken out at all by that. I don't feel like either either one of these performances is letting us down to, as how intense this moment is. Yeah. Have you yeah, guys ever done group. this? Have you guys ever yelled in someone's face or been yelled at or exchanged yell and like like this? It's, it's some intense stuff. I'm not saying like beefcake throwing around and stuff like that, but I mean, <laughs> have you ever yelled in someone's face like this? Oh man, uh, I don't, I don't know if I've ever had. I'm a pretty passive person by nature. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah, tend I, to I, avoid conflict. I, I, yeah, I try not to get involved uh, since I'm not, a, I'm not a physically imposing person, so uh, right. I, I try to avoid those kind of situations. Sure, <laughs> so you just yell at the little ones. Yeah. yeah. You know, now that you say that, John, I guess as teachers, there have probably been, probably been times where we've been close to getting in a kid's face. Yeah, and, but uh, but you know that's pretty unprofessional to uh, unload like that in a kid's face. <laughs> Although I've wanted to, yeah, <laughs> definitely want to. You have to bring down this, bring it down to like this quiet intensity of, oh yeah. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know why that was wrong? But you can't, you can't <laughs> lose your cool. You have to be cool, like we see Arnold how he cools down uh, in the next minute here while Dylan is still Dylan. a little bit worked up. Well, being a teacher is kind of like being dropped into a meat grinder. So. <laughs> oh. so you cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in a meat grinder. Definitely. It's <laughs> just, just chock full of great lines. So, right. So we, we were talking about the dirty work a little bit, but let's, yeah, jump into what Dylan's saying. He's saying we stopped a major invasion in three days. They would have been across the border with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's referring to all the weaponry, uh, which is why I was kind of leaning to the theory that he's just wanted to be there to snuff out this rebel camp. It wasn't about any kind of paperwork or recipes or first chapter of a novel. It was all about just the bodies and stacking yeah, them my, up. Just bodies. He says, my orders were to get somebody in who could crack these bastards. Crack these bastards. Crack these bastards. Yeah. So you learned right there that it's really about the body count. It's about eliminating the threat. I don't, and from the looks of it, I think if Hopper and his men, his team of Green Berets, were to have made made it to the camp instead of being stopped along the way and killed by the predator, that they probably would not have any problem taking care of this camp by the looks of what we saw in the last few minutes. Right, these guys just end up firing the wrong way. They enter into doors without looking, like at the gunfire <laughs> source. They're, they're just, yeah, they're just meat. Just bodies. I mean, what's the only uh, casualty on our our hero's side is the little scrape that Blaine gets, right? Where he ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't even have time to mind that. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the most. And, and one of the minutes I was talking from the field manual for the jungle operations, it was like listing all these things in this real army document about all the dangers you could face in the jungle. And Dutch's team never catches wind of any of that. They're never... <laughs> you know, stung by bees or like chomped on by piranhas or even catching, you know, some poison ivy. No, it's all, they're just invulnerable to everything, including bullets, apparently. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of the, what, did, I'm sorry, did you have more you wanted to add about this uh, conversation here? We kind of get cut off in the middle of it. And as we're going to see in the next minute, we get a little more information. Um, and I got some definite questions about the rest of their conversation in the next minute. Mm. But um, yeah, this is, I think, I feel like this is a shorter minute to analyze simply because we 
it's mostly one scene. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this before, but we're right in the territory of ending the first act and beginning the yeah. second act. I, to me, I feel like the first act ended when Arnold popped Anna in the face with the butt of his gun, knocked her down, and and all the killing really stopped. No more uh, contra music for a little while. Yeah, no more contra music. The kill count's going to stay pretty steady. Um, by the way, Jeff, last night we are talking with Scott, and I left off three or not three, I, I totally miscounted. I had like the long, the wrong document copied over. So I was saying, oh, really? I think I was saying there's somewhere in the seventies. No, like we're actually in the nineties. We're at 91 so Woo! far. We have oh, yeah, wow. eight, All right. eight dead good guys. That's the two pilots, the hostage, the four green berets that were strung up. The second hostage found by Mac. Mac, Thank Mac. You. And then we have 83 <laughs> dead bad guys, and I'm not going to go through all those. There are no, a whole variety of people. Of yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, 91, dude. We are going to get close to triple digits, but yeah. I don't. I don't think we'll break it because there's not that many people in the in the crew to die. I know. I was thinking we have yeah. to start counting, like uh, maybe the hog that Max <laughs> right. Max kills. Mac. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh, and the scorpion here in the next couple minutes. Oh, that's right. The scorpion. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just you have just you just have to take them where where you can. Um, I did right. want to say real quick. So Eric on the Facebook message group on uh face or the, on Predator Minute listeners Palapa. The you, Palapa. The Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Yeah. Target the center of the Palapa. You had mentioned. <laughs> you you had uh, been listening to the last published minute with uh, Zach, my brother, talking about how the guy who is stuck by the knife, <laughs> yeah. when he says stick around, looks like a brown-faced Dave Barry. Stick around. <laughs> and I think I was posting the pictures, and then I was realizing, holy cow, when he sticks Dave Barry with the knife in the background, I never noticed this, but there's like a, there's kind of a torn sticker, like a package, packaging sticker maybe stuck to the wall. I don't know what it's meant to be, but in behind the stick around Dave Barry, you see the words of Victoria, and then if you keep reading, if you were to rotate this uh, 90 degrees to the left, you'd see Victoria at the top, and then you'd see what looks to me very strongly like it says Valverde, kind of torn off, half torn off. And the big controversy amongst fans of this movie is that they never say the word Valverde as the name of the country uh, in this movie. So you can't take Valverde as canon for where this takes place, even though they'll mention it in Predator 2. And I think Gary Busey says it, but yeah, I, he does. I, I yeah. totally think that they're writing Valverde and maybe they wrote it out of the last minute kind of script writing, but I think it's right there. I don't, I don't know if you saw that same freeze frame. It's it just kind of, I know, it's, I, did. I know it's going back a couple minutes. I know it's kind of retro changing something, <laughs> but it's something I remember talking about with Aaron way back when, like minute five and six about, oh, they're looking at the map, but we don't know where it is. But I don't know. I, I feel comfortable calling this Valverde now, so... Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see it. And it's, it's only like halfway there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's part of it's missing. But if you know that the country might be Valverde, you can put together pretty easily that that probably says Valverde. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you may have just uh, solved an internet mystery, John. All right. Crack these bastards. I'm I'm on your side, John. All right. (laughs) Nerds. (laughs) Arguing nerds around the world can stop. Peace has been declared. Put down your put down your mechanical keyboards and your Mountain Dew and, and, and stop it. Uh, stop it. 
Stop it! <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, look, a little discovery from uh, Predator Minute podcast. You're welcome, universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm, I have some script differences here, but again, just like the uh, Jungle Manual, I'm going to save that for the next minute because it's really uh, where the conversation ends, where you can sign, you can, you can see the bigger yeah. picture they're laying out with the script differences. Okay. Should we get into uh, recommends and whatnot here? Well, I think so. But Eric, did you have anything else to say about our first half of the conversation? Uh, I had just two really quick things left. Yeah, uh, I like um, when when Arnold does the shove. I love the music note that that plays yes. as he does it. You sell so bullshit, all of it. Uh, it's a nice dramatic uh, beat there that, that fits perfectly with the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from the conversation, I just I always found it interesting that when he says the line about dropping us uh, in the meat grinder, that he has this he has almost like a half grin on his face. So he cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in a meat grinder. Like it's just sort of like you know, kind of disbelief, accepting disbelief. But you, you just grin when you're just like, oh crap, you know. And like, there's just nothing else you can do about it, you know. I always found it interesting the facial expression he has there at uh, at that point. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. I'm watching it again as you talk about that, and and it's sort of a smirk, kind of like I I've got you figured out. Yeah, like I'm better um, than you. Like yeah, you're you're a real piece of filth right now in my eyes. Like I'm I'm way higher than you right now. Just yeah. <laughs> And once again, it shows us, I think, that Arnold is a little bit of an underrated actor. Yes. Like, he's an action movie star, and he's great at that, but I don't think people give him enough credit for all of the nonverbal acting that he has to do as part of his job, and he nails it most of the time. Yeah, it's I would good. agree with that. Yeah. All right, so, um, Eric, did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, not for this minute. And, John, did you want to cover anything else? Really, this carries over into the next minute because the conversation keeps going. Yeah, I just like seeing all the little knickknacks in the palapa. Having watched this minute over and over and over again, you're seeing all sorts <laughs> of, I don't know, what looks to be spices on this shelf, and there's like a can of lighter fluid that somehow survived the <laughs> jungle outburst <laughs> right. brought on by the jungle team here. Yeah, you have yeah. all sorts of little boxes and what looks like next to Anna, you have the uh, the ammo crates, the little, uh, little metal handled ammo crates. Uh, you also have some really good continuity with Anna still lying right there next to where the door fell because she yeah. fell towards the door since she was coming from that open door behind Dutch when he smacked. Smack. Smack. <laughs> smack. Smack. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the... The continuity is really good, and I do like just the little set design in this palapa. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty good. The, this palapa doesn't seem to have taken much damage besides the door and the and the hole in the back of the wall. <laughs> just bodies. I'm surprised nothing's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure something is because you see smoke behind Dutch. Oh in the yeah, beginning when he's mean mugging. Yeah, something's on. They're out fire, but there's there's no concern for fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. outside. It's outside. <laughs> Who's going to be in danger at this point? Really? Yeah. I have to tell you guys, as a loyal listener of of the show, mm-hmm. um, that the, the frequent use of the word palapa. Palapa. Uh, there's there's a, one of my favorite restaurants in uh, New York City. Um, it's I don't think it's there anymore. It's called La Palapa Racola. It's a really good Mexican food. Ooh. Oh, uh, nice. And and so every time you say palapa, it makes me hungry. <laughs> mm. It does, yeah. It, it, and just the name itself, Palapa, almost sounds like something you'd order. Like, oh, I'll have like a couple of the Palapas with a couple of Conchitos, you know, a little side order. Yeah, a little a side order of Mac! 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 
<laughs> Eric, are you are you in the uh, New York area, New York City? Uh, area? Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, sweet. Cool. Wow. We are uh, on the exact opposite side of the country. I know, I know, and and in fact, I, I, <laughs> this this might really bore your listeners, but I have to ask because of some re- some uh, audio clips you've played in the past, and based on the state you live in, uh, I am an enormous Seahawks fan. Oh, and I'm wondering if yes. you guys are as well. If I've picked that up, I'm casual, but Jeff is like diehard. It's a masterpiece. All right. I, I am a I'm a very big Seahawks fan. What uh how uh have you found yourself a Seahawks fan in yeah. Brooklyn? Uh I, I yeah, I I grew up in the New York City suburbs and in the mid eighties when I first got into football, I, I just for whatever reason I wasn't into the New York teams and I wanted to kind of choose my own team and yeah. I wanted a team I could have all to myself yeah. here in New York. And, uh I was like, Oh, look at these. I got these cool guys like Dave Craig and Steve Largent. Yeah. Uh, Steve Largent. Let's, yeah. let's root for them. And here I am thirty five years later. Still rooting for him. Yeah. And you survived the 90s? I survived the 90s impressed. as a as a New Yorker <laughs> for a team that couldn't win a game. Wow. Yep. Wow. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I am a I'm a big Seahawks fan. Um ooh, you'll have to come back on. Uh we're I'm sure we'll still be recording in football season. You have to come oh, back sure. on. We can we can talk some football for sure. There you go. Awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, this is the part of the show where we talk weekly recommends, just whatever you've been watching or reading or wearing or who knows what i'll just leave it there for right now but (laughs) eric you're the guest do you have any uh cool things to recommend for our listeners uh, I will recommend, I hope no one has recommended this yet, um, but the show Black Mirror on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, mm. It is uh, one of my love Black favorite shows. Uh, if you like shows that really screw with your mind and really make you think and twist endings and go, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> Uh, this is a it's a fascinating show. Season five is coming out at some point this year. Mm, yes, um, it's 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 involves technology and the future and how humanity will deal with technology in the future. It's an anthology show, and I absolutely love it. So I recommend this show to anyone uh, that I can. It's so good. Did you watch Bandersnatch? I did watch Bandersnatch, yes. And I sat there and kept notes so I could make sure I watched every single possible outcome. It's a classic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As a true true nerd, I looked up like the flow chart of options Mm -hmm. online. (laughs) I did that after I watched to make sure I didn't miss anything. (laughs) Right, right, right. I did the same thing. Did you watch that too, I watched the first, uh, not the first, I watched two of the endings and I I thought, well, I'm probably not going to have time to go through the whole thing again uh, so i just yeah. looked up the other endings and yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was pretty surprised by uh how they ended it in different fashions i, I thought that was really really clever I, I can't wait to see how black mirror or netflix tries that again i really want to i know it's a fun concept i wanted i want more of it like it was every time a choice came up kind of made the hair on the back of your neck stick up and you're like what do i do what do i do you know it, it added a little level of suspense that i didn't <laughs> quite expect it was fun yeah so jeff you have a a recommend for us sure i'll stick with netflix right now i've been watching a show uh called oh wait (laughs) that's mine am i about am i about to recommend a show that you already recommended (laughs) i'm okay with that go ahead Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, uh, on your recommend, John, I started watching Russian Doll, and it's really good. And I'll just stop right there, because you already recommended it. Oops. Oh, man. 
Well, all all fifteen of our listeners will be disappointed in me. That's awesome. <laughs> um, shoot, no, that's what I had written down. Uh, go ahead, John. If, John, why don't you go? And if I, I maybe I can think of something else to add. But um, I'm going to recommend a short little read. The Hollywood Reporter recently updated a story they had put out a couple of years ago on why Jean-Claude Van Damme was replaced in the movie Predator as the monster. Uh, There's this whole oral history behind, or there's this whole report that the Hollywood Reporter wrote called The Oral History of Predator. Uh, And this is one of the main features was why Jean-Claude was replaced as the monster, as Predator, as anytime. Anytime. And and, yeah, it's a a good good article. article. And the original, I highly recommend reading the original. It doesn't take too long. It's fun because it takes into account all these different points of view. And when it comes to Jean-Claude Van Damme, everybody has a different story for why he was replaced, including, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And just a few days ago, and I received this via text from some people and it popped up in my newsfeed. But just a few days ago, Hollywood Reporter updated their story by interviewing Jean-Claude Van Damme. And they asked him that very same question. And he had his own little nuggets of wisdom to add in there. Part of the beautiful thing I think about this is that you can watch the video of his interview and Jean-Claude Van Damme. If any, mm. if, if nothing else, he's he's highly entertaining to, to listen to um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he has that charisma, but he's also just super sure of himself and he knows the score all the time. He, he's he's kind of always strategizing in, in my head, at least in my opinion. Uh, so I would say give that a read slash watch. It's fun to hear about his separate, totally different <laughs> take on why he uh, was not the monster. Yeah, that's Hollywood Reporter. You can just find it under things tagged by with the word predator. Yeah, that was a great article because I've been wondering. We, we've talked about that previously and, I was, and I've always wondered kind of what the full story is. It's kind of cool to get his perspective mm-hmm. of it. It sounds like there were a lot of reasons and I th- we'll probably talk about this more later when we get to more uh, predator action in the movie. But um, it sounds like there were a lot of different uh, factors that went into um, him leaving the project. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, right? and I posted it. And this is going to be the part where we talk plugs yeah. here. Uh, I posted the <laughs> report as soon as it popped up. I posted it to our Facebook page, the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. It's a closed group, but just ask to join. I'll let you in. It gives us a, a place where we can talk about the podcast, the Predator universe, weekly recommends, sound drops, crazy stunts, and Mac. <laughs> so drop on in and let us know what you're recommending or your thoughts on predator but uh eric you're the guest where can we find you uh so for escape from new york um we are already on social media even though the episodes haven't posted yet so you can get in early and on facebook uh it's brains library the escape from new york minute hangout and we're already nice. on twitter ny minute pod um if you want to Go back and binge Flash Gordon Minute. It's it's still out there, even though we're done recording. It'll live out there forever, so uh, go listen to that. Um, you can get these podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, and I still monitor uh, the Flash Gordon Facebook page. That's the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Uh, and uh, check out either one of those shows. Awesome. Did you say Brands Library? Brains, oh, Brains Library. Library. I was doing the same thing as Jeff. I was trying to search it right now. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> 14 members. Let's make it 15. Woo. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'll have to jump in there for sure. And you're, uh, that podcast has its own Twitter handle as well, you said? Uh, yeah, NY Minute Pod. Mm, got it. Okay. I will get on that cool. and for sure. And speaking of Twitter handles, Jeff, what is your Twitter handle? My name is Carl. I should be an expert. Ooh. 
Oh, what is my Twitter handle? You can find me at capital K Carl underscore capital H Hungus. I'm just constantly on there denying followers as I get flooded. <laughs> We're full. Go away. Go home. Not really. We're full. Yeah. Um, find me on there. I'll be tweeting about the Seahawks sometimes. Uh, various movies I'm watching and live tweeting. And uh, I'll be a little active this upcoming weekend for F This Movie mm. Fest, which I um, posted about or talked about uh, uh-huh. last week. Looking forward to that. What's the yeah. uh, What's the hashtag for is it just Twitter Movie Fest? It's uh, hashtag F This Movie Fest. Okay. So be looking yeah. for the hashtags there this weekend. Oh, and when we say this weekend, it's uh, March 9th. Yes. Uh, at yes. when does it start? I, I forget. It's like Chicago time, 830 or something like that. Yeah. Is this episode going to drop before this weekend? I, you, I you might have to. You, oh, you no. Have to cut all this out. Oh, no. <laughs> So if you're living in the past somehow. I, I just realized that we, we may have jumped I was the gun gonna there. Say something. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I was like, well, I'm a guest. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Okay, we, appreciate, we appreciate the uh, politeness. Thank you. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. We, we're not used to being ahead of the game, though, John. Usually we record and it comes out this upcoming Oh, yeah. Week. Usually we're at that event horizon of, hey, we recorded this week and I'm <laughs> editing tonight. <laughs> right. In three hours, but yeah, that's what they pay us for, so that's why we're so good. Okay, you guys get paid? No, are you kidding? That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I get paid in Twitter followers. <laughs> what <laughs> for Predator Minute? I've been John Zabriskie, and I'm Jeff Glover, and I'm Eric Deutsch. And until next time, stick around. Knock, knock. <laughs> I don't exercise. I don't exercise. No, it's a masterpiece. I eat dog food. I like eating dog food. That was my favorite edition. (laughs) 